hello and welcome to Slinger. Uh, I'm your host, and uh, we're doing this first episode. Um, it's feeling very cryptic. It's feeling very satanic. It's feeling very uh, ritualistic, if you will. I am sitting in my studio cabin. I guess it's a freestanding cabin, but there's only one room. <coughs> Living like the. Uh, Unabomber here, and uh, I just smoked a little weed. I'm new to weed, uh, about 10 months in, just started, really enjoying it, really enjoying the process, but we'll see if I freak out, you know, talking into a mic might freak me out, who knows, I'm very introspective, very funny in my own head, but we'll see how this pans out, probably won't be that way, right? Um, but I'm sitting in my studio cabin, my detached freestanding studio cabin. Uh, I have two candles on the table burning around uh, a small grouping of small Indian corn and some squashes. And the power is out. This is why I'm doing this, because I, I, I don't have any, there's nothing else to distract me. This is what it takes for me to do anything artistic, is for the power to be completely out. Can't watch Hulu live. Can't watch Netflix. I could scroll Instagram until my phone dies, but I only got 50%. So I got to cherish the Instagram posts and cherish my moment uh, despising other people online, you know? So, yeah, that's what this, this is how this is starting. And I think so far we're really, real. don't reflect so early. What am I doing? That's wh- that's clear. It's clear that I have nothing because I have to reflect so early. You know what I mean? I have nothing to actually say. But I do because I actually wrote down some stuff. Um, explain the show. Oh, okay. This is a show. Just another one in a cornucopia of podcasts and internet shows and people telling you their opinions about things and how they think the world should work. It's just another one of these, or those, however you want to say that. And uh, I'm just another schmuck that thinks he's interesting <laughs> and laughs at his own jokes like I just did, like a douche. But I'm hoping that it'll be more than that, this journey that you and I go on, the listener. <laughs> a journey in which I tell some truths, I tell some lies, and we really discover what it means to be human together, you know? What does it really mean? Isn't that the question we should all be asking? (coughs) It may be that. I don't know. Uh, I guess I wanted to be, if I were to put it into a category, I'd put it into personal journal. (laughs) Are those the most, is that the most popular podcasting category? It's not. It's got to be comedy or business or something. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. I'm already distracted. (coughs) <coughs> distracted is a code word for high. Um, yeah, but th- it'll be a personal journal. And I'm not going to use my name. I'm not going to give my whereabouts. I'm not going to tell you what I do for a living. Well, maybe I will. But I'm going to keep the specifics out of it because <laughs> I don't want to get fired. That's what it comes down to. I'm afraid people are going to find this and they're going to know me and there's going to be one person that's going to decide that they were triggered and they're going to say, uh, I'm a bad boss, and I'm going to get fired. So you got to stay incognito. 
Plus, I don't want my fucking parents to listen to this. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. That's what's that's that's really the problem when you have supportive parents. Is they show up for everything. Mom never missed a podcast episode. I always had to tune in to hear what my baby boy had to say. And it's not good. It 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 it, it really stifles your creative uh freedom. <laughs> when you're when you like your parents and they support you. Oh, it's a horrible combination. They're so loving, you know? It's like, ah, just maybe don't I just don't want them to pay as much attention, you know? Just back off a little bit with the attention. With the love, really, that's what it comes down to. I need less love. <laughs> Hashtag white people problems, right? First world white cis uh problems. I just feel like too loved. You're like really squashing me with all that love and admir- admiration. <laughs> Take it off. Bring it back down to like an eight. You're at a ten right now. My mouth is so dry right now. I can hear it in the mic, and I think you guys can too. And so uh, it's gonna be distracting. Do my faucets work? Yeah, of course they do. It's freaking. It's water's still on. Hold on. How do I do this? Uh, it's not gonna be graceful. So just hold on. You know what's hilarious? I uh, when I was recording this, I'm like, oh, it's so peaceful, it's so quiet. I saw a deer in the middle of my road on the way home, and I was like, man, this is awesome. I actually get to like feel like I'm living in the woods back in the day. I feel like old George Washington before he cut down the cherry tree. You know, that that I felt like I was there. And then when I went to fill up the water, I can hear some fucking pricks generator, <laughs> some fucking rich asshole prepped for this power outage and he's like i'm gonna this is gonna come in handy one day it's so peaceful and i hear this one guy's generator and i look out my window and i can see into his house and i'm like man just one night just one night we can't do it we're addicted to technology man they were streaming something something was on their tv they're like we got to keep life as normal man hold on i'm actually gonna drink water now So anyway, what was I talking about? I was talking about this being a personal journal. Oh, and my parents squashing me with love. (laughs) It's too much, man. Just (sighs) so I have. That's what I have to do. My parents love me so much that I had to put together an anonymous podcast so they would never find me and never be able to congratulate me on my success. I mean, how long can you keep this going if this were to take off? I don't know. I think I can keep it going forever. I would just be the Corey Taylor of comedy. <laughs> I'd go out there with the mask on. That's a Slipknot reference for people that don't listen to shitty new metal. Um, and, yeah, I put the mask on. <laughs> I just go out, and I'm like, look, we're all faking anyway. Let me just add one more layer. That's what I would do. And they'd be like, oh, he's like the the mask or the Joker. I don't know what Joker was supposed to be there. It's supposed to be a joke there, but it's not. 
so parched. This Kim dog really gets me parched. If you guys want to know what I'm smoking, it's a sativa. <coughs> Kim dog. It sounds ugh. Kim in the title of something you smoke. It seems like a bad choice, but you know, I did it anyway. Um, <coughs> speaking of Kim, <coughs> so uh, I guess you recap like your week or something, and you observe. You have like observations, and people are like, oh, okay. Okay, that's what we'll do. So I um mm, no, don't don't say anything about that. See, I'm trying to figure out how to like I had some idea in my head. Um and usually my my impulse is just to always get sidetracked and it's like, "No, you were trying to make a point. Don't get sidetracked on the thing." And now I'm talking about it. So I'm still doing it. Um I guess I'm just going to recap my week and like tell you guys like the wisdom and stuff I've learned like lessons and stuff i think it'd be fun to share that kind of thing and like my observations and be like oh my god that's kind of funny and even though i've heard this premise before it's like kind of a new spin on an old classic and i like that i think that's what it's gonna be so i went to uh phil collins i went to his show uh that he was having in my uh my city that i live in and um dude Phil Collins, people crap on him because they only know him for, you know, which is a great song, don't get me wrong. But, you know, people just know him as this weird 80s guy that, you know, looks a little bit like Brian Cranston uh, as uh, Hefeweizen, Heisenberg, that's his name, Heisenberg, um, Walter White. He looks like Walter White. Get on with it. Oh, I already said my name. Shit. I guess I'm gonna have to edit these ah, to avoid my parents' love. That's why I gotta do that. Um. Oh come on, I hate getting I hate got distracted. Damn it. Oh Phil Collins, he looks like Walter White. Okay, so <laughs> and he's and they're like, oh yeah, I know like those '80s songs, and I know he was we're supposed to like him for what the work he did on Tarzan. You know that that came around. He's hitting garbage pails instead of drums. He's a genius. <laughs> Look, he's a good drummer, but he's not that good. Um, so, but I love me some Phil Collins. I mean, <laughs> what are the songs I like? <laughs> Please take me home. Take me home is just phenomenal. Let's get that out of the way. Something happened on the way on the way to heaven. Amazing. Easy lover. Phenomenal. studio. I'll even take that. I love Phil Collins. So I take, I got tickets, uh, took my girlfriend. They're in great, we're in great shape. We're right up near the front of the stage. We're in these leather back seats. It's in, it's, it's nice. It's, uh, as the kids say, primo. Um, and we sit down and people are showing up around us that I'm like, oh, you guys definitely like own a jet. You know what I mean? Like that kind of wealth. And this one crew comes down, another crew comes down, a third, a fourth, and it's all, like, you know, older men and women, you know, couples and stuff coming in. And on every one, every one of these guys had this look that I will never allow myself to do because it's it screams, I'm old as fuck, but I'm trying to still kind of keep it together. <laughs> it is the Blazer-Levi combo. It is one of the if if a if a, if a, if an outfit could be hack. <laughs> I mean, it is just something to behold because it's a guy that's like, let me put on 
all the stuff that I normally wear to work. Like, hold on, water break. Like, um, you know, the, the blazer, the button up. I'll throw a tie on from time to time. Sometimes I'll go crazy and like not wear a tie and then unbutton the top on. It's wild. Uh, and then, but he's still wearing that braided belt that every dad had, you know, he's got the loafers on with no socks or he's got some boat shoe. I mean, he's like, he's dressed to the nines, but he's still casual because he's wearing denim. <laughs> it's like, these guys are the most out of touch people in the world. And they're all at the Phil Collins concert. And I'm like, well, no one's my age, uh, but I am loving, uh, this people watching that's going on here. Uh, there was a kid. <laughs> That's what he was dressed like. There was a kid, man. He must have been he must have been older than me. Did you just hear me say man? I said man like I was pretending to be high. I like my high character. Oh, never mind. I'm I do a high character when I'm high. Does that make sense? Anyway, this kid was probably a little older than me, like 35, 36. And he he comes in with his parents, looks just like his dad. He walks in and I'm looking at him. He is, I don't even know how to describe it. He was dressed like the main, the lead responsible dude in uh, the Scooby-Doo gang. <laughs> like the blonde with like, I think he had a, what do they call it? It's not a tie. It's a, um, it's not a scarf. It's a whatever. It's like a, it's a frilly little tie scarf thing. He wore like a red one of those, like a blue, <laughs> like almost royal blue, I, I want to say, or navy blue sweater i mean this kid oh, I, I don't know where they i guess they come from berlin game like i don't know where they live you don't see these people on the streets you know these families exist like deep in napa valley you know uh they're just so out of touch but they're rich like rich out of touch is so hard to watch you know dad still still getting his kirkland signature jeans even though he makes 200k a year I'm kind of tr describing my dad. He doesn't make 200k a year, and he d I talked him out of ever buying Kirkland signature jeans ever again. Because even he's like, "Look, I don't. I know I'm out of touch, but I, so I need some help." And I think, you know, maybe that's a, that's a business plan. Maybe that's something we can do, and a service we can uh, offer is sort of a a mentor, like a young. You know, usually it's like you mentor the young. Like, no, the young mentor the old. You get paired up at like 65. <laughs> Whenever you get your um. Uh, Medicaid? What am I talking about? Whenever you get that... Shit. <laughs> Lost it. Oh, I totally lost it. Whenever you get... <laughs> Nothing. Um, your citizen... What the fuck? Senior citizen. Once you become a senior citizen, your citizen... Senior citizen old person discount. What is it called? Senior discount. It's senior discount. That's what it's called. God damn. So once you get your senior, well, as soon as you get your senior discount, you get hooked up with a 14 or 15 year old that explains the world to you. Because <laughs> that's where it's headed, man. I mean, we already put every, all the songs are all for 13 year olds, you know. <sighs> all the music, all the movies, everything. We bow to the whims of people that barely have pubic hair. That's what we do. But anyway, you get old, you get to that age, you get 62 or whatever it is, you get assigned, not 62, it's earlier than that, it's 56. You get uh, get assigned a child, uh, a, uh, a pre or just, yeah, pubescent but barely child. And then 
um, from there, they teach you the ways of the world. Hold on. Now I'm freaking out because I thought somebody was on my door. Kind of. But it is near Halloween, and they told us all the power was getting turned off, right? They gave us a heads up because uh, we're in high-risk area or something like that. And, ouch. Sorry. There it is. Okay. My headphones fell out. Um, so, <laughs> where the heck am I? <laughs> so distracted. So, you got the... You got the old man <laughs> and the young kid. I don't know. Anyway, they dress. They're out of touch. Rich, old, or rich, out of touch people are the worst. I had something good, and it, I totally lost it. Um, so you got that. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, so the show starts. Phil opens up. He, he is the Stephen Hawking of pop music now. He can no longer walk. So he comes out. He walks himself out there with a cane, which I'm like, he's only, you're ki- like, just get him on a wheelchair and push him out. Like, what are we doing? Why? What is he proving to us? He can walk 30 yards in a cane? No. Put up some smoke. Bring, bring him up. <laughs> bring him up, the, you know, to the bottom of the stage and put him on a ramp. And then he rolls out into the audience, you know, to the open up the song. Open up the thing. Please take me home. And he's just going down the, the ramp in a wheelchair. And you're like, which home? The, the retirement home? You are so old. <laughs> so... He sits down in this chair, and he's like, hey, is you getting old? It's kind of a fucking thing. He's like, he says that. And, um, I was like, I didn't even know. Oh, that's my girlfriend. I got to take that out. Shit. <laughs> but she's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't even know he was British. And I'm like, yeah. That's because when Phil Collins was a musician, they didn't talk fucking politics, man. They weren't on HBO, man. <laughs> Trying to do like a almost doing a Dennis Miller. Um, they they just shut up and played the songs. There's not there was no like political agenda, man. He was just a pop star. Lady Gaga's wearing meat. <laughs> it's like just be a goddamn, just be a pop star. And if you're going to dress up like, you know, Lady Gaga, my idol's David Bowie. Dress up like David Bowie. Do Ziggy Stardust. I don't, look, I don't know, but it didn't seem like there was a ton of political stuff behind him dressing like a, like, you know, a, a faggot from outer space. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... Phil, <laughs> Phil didn't talk much of the day. He just sang the song, so nobody had, even knew he was British. <laughs> like, even I knew he was British, and when he opened his mouth, it took me a minute, like, oh, right, yeah, forgot. Because you never hear Phil talking about, you know, Trump and the socioeconomic, you know, classes in America. I don't know. <coughs> he did talk a little bit about Trump. Oh, Trump's kind of a bugger, ain't he? Like, dude, take it down with the British thing, man. I think I'm doing a Cockney accent, and he's much more high class than that. He's like, oh, hello, my name's Phil Collins, and I'm going to be playing some songs for you. I guess that's more like Paul McCartney. I don't know what that is. That's like That seems like a middle-class accent. That's where you want to be, you know? <laughs> you want to be Paul McCartney is the, m- <laughs> the middle class of accents. <laughs> uh, you know, me and John would get along, but we also, you know, don't, because Yoko is fucking 
you know, ruining everything. I don't even think that. That's more just cockney. Yeah, I don't even think I'm doing Paul. Hey, hey, Joan. Hey, Joan. That's Michael Caine. I'm all over the place. Um, uh, <laughs> so, Phil, jeez, <laughs> am I only this far through the story? Good night. So, Phil is, um, you know, he's playing around up there. Barely, he's kind of he's ro- kind of rolling himself. Also, the chair they put him in was not a throne. It was not a even a stool. It was it was like a recliner off. It was like an office recliner. <laughs> like this guy's, we're charging one hundred twenty dollars a ticket, and we can't get this man like you know something of quality. <laughs> it looked like they went to. To Wal- Walgreens, Office Depot or something before the show and just picked it. Like, there you go, Phil. Get on the fucking stage. <laughs> yeah, and walk there. Walk the 30 yards. <laughs> you fucking old cunt. <laughs> oh, God. I love that that, that maybe... So his ti- <laughs> the title of his... <laughs> the title of his tour is uh, Still Not Dead Yet. And maybe that's not ironic. Maybe he's it's a cry for help. Like, they are beating me. They keep making me do these shows. Have you seen the state I'm in? I can't even walk anymore. They broke both my kneecaps. <laughs> that's a funny idea. The idea... Just look through it. Look through Phil Collins' last year and his tour and just imagine it and see it through the lens of him actually being a, a, a prisoner. <laughs> Captive. Okay, so Phil's out there doing his thing. It's very good. About 15 minutes into the show, I it's dark, and I still see shadows. All right? <laughs> These people are big. All right, so a couple of American buffalo <laughs> pull up to the side of me. And these people, I mean, where to begin? <clears throat> Luckily, I'll start here. They were on the other side. So they didn't have to come down our aisle. They just went to the right. Does that make sense? And uh, they didn't crawl and heave their fat guts over our knees. Um, They didn't do that to us. But they did it to three or four other people on the other side of us. Or to the right of us. These pigs... These dinosaurs, these people, they need to be, I don't know what needs to happen, actually. I can just observe and report. These people were, well, I mean, I don't know what 600 pounds looks like, but I can comfortably say both were over 400 apiece. That equals 800 pounds. And just think of the kind of equipment you need to have to haul 800 pounds. You need a lot. And my point is, these people are fucking huge. And they need to be stopped. You know how it says on restaurants, it says, hey, no, sh- no shoes, no shirt, no service. It says, you know, we can su- choose to serve or not serve whoever we want. 
So a couple of, you know, a couple of queers went into a cake shop. Somebody said, hey, man, we don't really support that. We're not making you a cake. It made national news because we're living in an insane place. <coughs> and uh, that was, you know, the defense was, hey, we can, it says that we, have, we can choose to not serve you. I think when somebody walks in and they weigh nearly 800 pounds, you know, between two people, <coughs> over 400 apiece, at least, and they say, hey, man, give me the nachos. When they say that, because they can't speak correctly, they can't. Their larynx is tightened up and squeezed nearly to death. They barely can breathe. They've, have you heard one? That's a 24-year-old, 600-pound person. That's what they sound like. They sound like Earth's dying breath. That's what that is. It's a 600-pound, 24-year-old. So if they come up there and they start speaking in, in some semi-understandable tongue, their tongues are swollen, that's also an issue. If they do that, you can choose to say no. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't serve food here. You just say that. Just deny it. Because if they know, I mean, they're going to be confused, but th their brains have been <coughs> rotted out, shelled out over time by bugles and Pringles and mostly chips. But, yeah, there's 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 some code right in there. There's no there's no eat there's no meals. These people don't understand meals. This is this is grazing. This is survival. This is comfort. It's all these things. Um, but what I want to what I'm trying to drive home here is that no matter what you are, whatever whatever ring of the ladder you ch you you are at, you know, and your intersectionality or uh, what have you, where you're a you know the ivory joke, you know, you're the gay black unicorn uh, of human beings and uh, or you could be disabled you could have no limbs no toes you know no eyelids whatever uh, or you could be mentally retarded you could be handicapped uh, physically or, or mentally as I as I'm saying and you can still 100% be an asshole and that's that's what I want to drive home and the same goes for fat people Fat people don't they do they wear it like a beard they wear it like a you know a waxed mustache like it's a part of their personality that it's interesting you're fat that's kind of just who you are you know you got a bit of a sweet tooth and you have a little problem with portion control <laughs> no no it's not that you're lazy and you're stupid and you don't try you never tried and when you did try it didn't go well and you gave up. And that's what your life is. Because your body... And look, some people are just blessed with a bad face. Blessed with a bad face. Some people are not blessed with a good face. Wait. <laughs> not everybody's blessed with a good face. Let's put it that way. There's some really ugly people out there. And you can't always do this up everything. You can't, you can't fix that necessarily. But you can improve it. You can put some makeup on. You can try hard. You can you know wear sunscreen and that sort of thing. But... <coughs> Fats are just like no excuse. There's just there's nothing, and that's what your that's what your 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 first look at somebody. That's what, I mean, physical things matter. The world in which we live, what we touch and feel, you know, and hear and smell, those things are kind of important. And so appearances 
know, do matter. So when I see somebody that's 600, my first thing isn't, oh, let me get up. It's not, oh, I, I'll get out of the way. I'll go down a few steps and let you in. My, it's not, that's not my first, that's not my first thing. Or like when somebody gets on the bus and they're 30 and they waste 400 pounds, I don't get out of my seat anymore. I don't. I don't. Because standing is going to be really good for you. It's really going to be great. You're going to burn a lot of calories that way. Uh, and I'm going to be sitting there because I deserve it. Because I'm not fat. Not fucking, I'm not a fucking mess. So, especially when they get on with food. And anyway, these people are at the Phil Collins show. And they had, they were, I don't know how they were carrying everything. I don't. I don't. They had, like, family carrying trays, you know, where you're, you can, like, you put nachos and two drinks in the same thing. They had, like, two of those apiece. <laughs> and all I was thinking was, like, I, I so... I I just I don't think they should be able to sit here. <laughs> Standing room only. They're all on the floor. Wouldn't that be great? You put the big fat whales on the floor and that way you you know, if someone wants to stage dive or something like that, right into the fatties, just big old puffer fish, big old balloons of people. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the solution. I just don't want to I don't want to sit next to them. Because I'm not, they're sitting on me, and they, I, I, they can't fit in the seat, and, and it's uncomfortable for everybody. And I think they should have to stand on the on the general floor, on the on the floor of the gymnasium or wherever they're they're at. So that's just my thing. That's just that's a little bit. That's a little bit. Uh, Phil Collins is great, uh, as I was saying earlier, and yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Wow. I like did like a character during that where I was like trying to be very dramatic. And I'm wondering if it came across good or bad. I don't know. Because sometimes Yeah, who knows? <coughs> um what's next? No, I don't want that's too too intense. Um I watched this documentary documentary documentary. Um called I can't remember bring down the house or bring it down the house or something like that. And it was about AOC and her Acacio it's a Alexandria Acacio wait, let me do it like how she would want me to do it. Sorry. I know this is how you want to me to do your voice. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. No, Cortez, Cortez. Ocasio Cortez. I Alexandria Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I'm not doing a good. I'm not doing a good impression of her. But it was her kind of her doc, her right, her campaign, and how she kind of uh, put herself in the limelight rather quickly. Um, and it was following, I think, three or four other uh, female candidates that were kind of just doing the same thing. This very grassroots. You know, one woman was from West Virginia, and she was she was she would say say stuff like, "People are dying, people are dying in West Virginia because of coal." Uh, she would say stuff like that. And that their healthcare system is pretty bad, and that they're like the dumbest. They're one of the dumbest states. She said it, not me. One of the dumbest states, and one of the just poorest. Which, if you know anything, usually go hand in hand. So what I'm saying is, if you're poor, you're dumb. <laughs> or the other way around. I don't know. If you're poor, you're dumb. If you're dumb, you're poor. If you're poor, you're dumb. Oh, it's not good either way. Doesn't really work. So. 
it's this dock, and so all the other ones fail. They didn't. There was one in Chicago. I'm trying to remember now. I think one was in Chicago, because this lady was uh, her name's Corey Bush, and my God, it's crazy. She does like several times, and I'm not lying. Well, not maybe not several. Let's be honest. She did it once at the end of one of her speeches. She did like a Black Power thing, and then she had this, like this one part. Actually, I have it. Let me. I'll play it. Hold on. This. Oh, this is gonna be hard to multitask. Uh, I took a video or I took a recording of it because it was like crazy listening to this lady going like, "This she's running for office." She was just talking about like black. We gotta look out for us. You know what I mean? It's all about us and looking out for us. Here it is. Got it. That was me saying what at the end. She's just she's just talking to a group of like well, black dudes, just like we gotta be thinking about us and we gotta be watching about us and it's like you know it's like what what we need and what we need now. And so I'm pretty sure she was from from uh, south southeast Chicago, which would make sense why she's probably upset. But uh, it's crazy. So it was like these random women that got really like we're gonna do this, we're gonna over overtake and uh, make a power play here and do it. So they all failed, but AOC won. And the doc, the doc is a pro, pro AOC, pro you know, that that whole thing, progressive social, socialist Democrats or whatever they're called now. I don't know what we're doing. <coughs> um, and it was it was about her, and it was like trying to advocate for her and kind of show like, is this amazing? And I was just like, no, this is horrible. I didn't realize when people would say like, oh yeah, she used to be, she was just a bartender before this, and I I was always like some right wing, you know, Sean Hannity or something. And uh, and Greg or Greg Gutfeld and I would go like, I that can't be true. Like they're they're just exaggerating. That's just something. You know, she probably was a bartender at some point, but she's had political experience and then you know gone gone up the ladder that way. <laughs> no, she was a bartender like a year ago, like before she was elected, she was a bartender. <laughs> I mean, you could say whatever you want about Trump not being you know ready to go, not being the most presidential. You want to talk about having no experience. She is less qualified than I am to be president. That is so very, very scary. Like, my, I, I manage bartenders. Like, I'm above them. <laughs> She's lit, literally from, I, I, it's amazing. So when you hear that and you did the same thing I did where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, way back, you know, she worked at a summer camp for kids with uh, malaria. You know, she that's where she bartended because everything's got to be amazing. It's like even in the documentary documentary, she uh, she's working and they keep shooting her like doing the only manual labor you do as a bartender, which is, like empty the trash. <laughs> like they kept showing her emptying the trash and getting ice. And I'm like, can this bitch even make a cocktail? <laughs> like It was very weird. Like you didn't see her do really anything. I don't know if they had they wouldn't let them film in there or something after the the restaurant opened she just, they just showed her doing like pre-shift work or pre-show or pre-meal time whatever work <laughs> like okay you yes you can lift 25 pounds of ice we're all you know anything you can do we can do too 
<laughs> yes, we can. Okay, Rosie the Riveter, you lift two two bags of ice. Um, <laughs> but that's what she was. And now she wears an American pen on her lapel, and she thinks she can tell us about climate change. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Uh, and she's being listened to. That's that's what's crazy is that you uh, people, all my my listeners on the left, are most of you, some of you, are some, are, I think would say, "How do you feel about AOC?" Oh, she's shaking it up, man. She is shaking it up. She went toe to toe with Donald Trump on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know. And where was I? Oh yeah, they just say, "Look, yeah, this, this is what this is what we're after. This is where we we like that. This is a nice rebuttal to Trump." And I'm like, "You have an insane person T- taking. You want to talk about the Republican Party being taken hostage? Yikes." It hasn't happened yet, but it will. And it'll be somehow even worse than what's happening to the Republicans. Uh, because this this lady has you have you have put in your faith and trust in somebody that like you really shouldn't have bet on this horse, man. That's why you keep blowing it with the women. You keep blowing it with the women. I mean, Hillary was yeah. I know you were like, we need someone that's as close as to a man as possible. <laughs> and that was her. She can weather an affair, and she's fucking grizzled, and she sent Blackhawks into Afghanistan. Like, whatever she did. You got to stop, and you got to start going, like, not, you have to find the right thing. Like, are they, are they smart? Are they interesting? Are they curious? Are they, you know, empathetic at times and, and funny? Like, you have to have the whole package, and you keep doing, like, you swung from Hillary, like, I am the most exceptional like exceptionally qualified person in the history of the world, and ah, oh, and like she grit her teeth, and you're like, that's my goddamn leader. She has that vibe, and so, but so she had the policy and the experience, but just not the personality. And then now you have Acacia, which is somehow this like, I, I'm a Latina and I am spirited, but I represent America that's been uh, undermined and undermined, undermined and compromised, and and our you know our. I have a past of of immigration and blah blah blah, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know what that's part of it, and she's pretty hot. Uh, I don't know why. Again, the right keeps doing this thing like, oh, she looks like a llama. You know, well, she kind of looks like a llama, but she's a hot ass llama. So she's good looking. She's pretty charismatic. She checks a lot of boxes, um, and, and like especially like uh, being a Latina. I think it's important. Uh, yeah, see on to Chile. Chile, actually, it's Chile. It's not Chile. Is it Chile or Chile? <laughs> like what? I, it's Chile. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> People, accents. You're in America. Learn the language, okay? Learn American. Um. So yeah, now you've you've done this, where you've got someone that just says catchphrase like abolish ice. That <laughs> she says this in her. In her documentary where she's talking about these, uh, like, how she wants her 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 promo packets or whatever go out. And she's just like, should we just say, like, I don't know, just like, abolish ice. Like, that's how that came up. <laughs> it's just like, how do we grab people's attention? Like, okay, uh, like, abolish ice. It's like, oh, my God. There's no thought put into any of this. People just say shit. And she's just another flavor. 
of the same nonsense and she'll be turned and corporations will buy her out. And that's, that's, I mean, she talked about like that whole thing. She ran her whole campaign. Like I'm, I'm I, no corporate money will fund my campaign. It's like no corporation wants to give you money because you're unhirable. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. That's a real pickle. The AOC thing and the, this, the rebuttal to, to Trump from the Democrats has been, um, man, just terrifying. Either way, every way, I'm scared. <laughs> I do like, um, you know, I think I don't think Bernie would actually be the worst thing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we give socialism a chance for a while, but then it's like, yeah, how long do you give it? Like 20 years? Like, when do you know it failed? When, when America ends? It does seem like one of those things, like if Bernie's wrong... Like, we're done. Like, capitalism's like that. It's a, it's a fickle system, and it's a little unfair at times, but we know, like, it, it, works, pre- it works okay. It works pretty okay. I mean, that's how they would, I would dis- define capitalism. Pretty okay. <laughs> but this one, if you go all socialized and it doesn't pan out, it's like, you're fucked. So, but I don't, but uh, that's what's crazy is I still don't think Bernie would be all that bad. <laughs> Even though I said all that nonsense. Like, it could be the end of democracy as we know it. Not even democracy, the republic or the United States, the the empire as we know it. I should say that's the better that's the better word. Um, yeah, I like Andrew Wang. Okay, did I just say Andrew Wang? <laughs> that was not an, that was not supposed to be an Asian joke. I don't want to get Shane Gillis. Jeez, you fucking fags. SNL. I just, see, I didn't even want to say fags. I just wanted to, like, say it to rile. To rile. Um, oh, shit, what was I saying? Oh, Andrew Yang. I'm a fan. I like him. I like. Th- I think, we, if nothing else, we just needed to have that conversation about universal basic income. <laughs> like, it's coming. Sorry, there ain't going to be that many 18-wheelers. You know, they've already stopped production on the trucker hat. <laughs> what is that noise? Have you heard? <laughs> Am I getting abducted by aliens? Um, weird noise in my headphones. But it's happened before. Stop. Um, Asian. What was I talking about? Golly dang. The sound's still going on my headphones, and now I'm worried it's in the sound system just be my cord uh crap where was i aoc andrew andrew yang universal basic income trucker hats because they already stopped the production of trucker hats because that's true i haven't seen a von dutch hat in years maybe ashton kutcher just took them off the market i don't know but it used to be trucker hats everywhere i haven't seen i haven't seen one in a long time no nothing with an eagle on it or anything uh, so they're already phasing that out so because they're not expecting truckers in another 30 years. So universal basic in- income would be all right to at least talk about. I don't know if he's going to get elected, but I, he seems like a pretty s- savvy guy. Maybe that's why I, f- I feel like I'm savvy. It's kind of like, yeah, you do, look, you do, you do some kind of outrageous stuff or like some dream big stuff, but you also have like some policies that are pretty just down to earth. Like, again, it's not going to be the. This isn't the best solution ever. It's not the one I necessarily want. But let's like I already built into this proposition or this stance like a little bit of compromise. You know, people should do that more. 
like have your opinion and then just take it off a tiny bit. <laughs> I mean, I could learn from that in my day to day, but here, here is not the time. And now, or now is not the time for that. This is the time, a time for jokes. It's time for thoughtful prose. That's what it's time for. <coughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, that AOC doc and politics. Um, I don't have a ton on politics. I think about it a decent amount. I just don't know anything. <laughs> that's a that's a problem. I have a deep desire for knowledge. Very little follow through. At least there's like some catchphrases coming out, like some car. Those are like card jokes inside of a card. Uh, I'm not even. Feel I don't even feel like I'm high anymore. Should I smoke a little more? I think I'm gonna smoke a little more. I don't think I got really. I got a little anxious. That was about it. And I guess thoughtful and forgetful always. should always smoke by candlelight. It's way cooler looking. I still don't know if I smoke weed right. <coughs> um, anyway, I feel like people cough more. I just don't cough that much. It's because I'm a man. I'm a goddamn man. Oh, uh, politics. Maybe I'm high. I was, once I get high, I'll really get into politics. That's the best time for it, I think. Um, I don't find myself... I had dry mouth, too, earlier. That's what it was. That's always a giveaway for me. I get that cotton mouth. I... Yep. AOC. <laughs> I'll keep going back to that. Um, politics. Andrew Yang. Do I want to call anything else? Trump? Do I care? No. I guess I, I wanted to talk about... I was thinking about, like, the... Uh, I was more articulate before. Uh, well, whatever. I'll give it a shot. It's not going to come out right. I had a thought about free speech and how it's a terrible notion. Um, what was it? Oh, okay. So it was sort of like I grew up in that age, and I guess it's the millennial age of your your boomer folks kind of going like, hey, man, uh... You're the best. You know, the first of the, the, the participation trophy generation or people. There's a lot more behind us. Uh, they're a lot worse. But, and thinking about, like, every opinion, was it every opinion mattering? No. What was it? I don't know what it was. Damn it. It was pretty good. Let me see if I can find it. I have it recorded. Maybe I can just play it through the recording. That's <laughs> really a terrible idea. I should just learn what I wanted to say. Should have done a, a second of recap of some of these rants and thoughts. Nope. Sorry, guys. And gals, if any of you are listening, probably not. Nope. It was this one. This whole thing, um, the whole idea of this this big free speech push 
and I should be able to say whatever I want on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook Live, or whatever. This whole push for that, this movement, which I'm for in a lot of ways. I'm for free speech and all that. But the whole thing is born out of authenticity, which is the bullshit that we were all served when we were in high school. I'm 32, so it was in the early 2000s. I don't know if it was just after 9-11 that everybody felt like they had to really get their get their heart out there and put it on their sleeve. And that's it's a horrible culture when everybody's authentic. When everybody's, you know, this is how I feel. This is, I mean, because it's not about being right or wrong anymore. It's just about how you interpret the world, and that's all that matters. So what's happening is you have that, which creates a lot of pussies and a lot of idiots. And then on the right, you have a lot of people that used to live in secrecy. You know, they, everybody was a little racist, but it's like you didn't really say it. You know, you kind of just kept it under the under the surface. And maybe you thought, yeah, Mexicans are lazy or or, or black people need to pull up their pants or whatever. You had those thoughts, but you didn't need to spout off because we didn't need to tell people because we weren't being authentic. Because being authentic is a horrible idea when you want to run a society. So what happens, what happened now with Twitter is everybody is expressing themselves just unapologetically and openly. And then they're wondering why they're getting banned or shadow banned or anything like that. Part of it is there is going to be, there is some, uh, maybe, and I'm still buying into this authenticity point, maybe there is a little bit there that I do, I still find brave or courageous for someone to come out and say something horrible. But you also, also, you can say what you want to say, but keep it a little secret. Give yourself an out. So you don't you don't have to be exposed as being hateful or mean or whatever. Just keep it under the surface. Be like David Letterman. David Letterman, you could always tell when he despised a guest or when a band was on. He's like, this band sucks ass. You could always tell. But he never came out and said that. But we all kind of knew, but he always had an out. So give yourself an out. All these people. I mean, I know, you know, I like it because I like, I, I like people that are uh, bombastic and a little larger than life and, and that you know say things that tell it like it is i said i built my entire life on that lie or that stupid uh piece of advice of like being authentic and being honest that was the whole thing that was fed to me or at least the thing that i took away from my my life or my experiences was like no you're supposed to be honest if you don't like somebody tell them tell them that you don't like them but that's not a good way to do business it's not a good way to conduct your life and it's not a good way to live in a society or build one. So everybody, start lying. Stop. Go back to being inauthentic and hating people quietly. I think it'll make our society better. I really, really do. So that was me. <laughs> oh boy, that's funny. Cutting to clips of me for bits that I can't remember. And cutting back to a high Kyle. Oh my god, stupid. Um, but funny. But I agree with everything I said. And he said it so much better than I could right now. <laughs> uh, I'm high again. A little bit. <coughs> um, I guess the last thing I want to cover... Oh my gosh, 51 minutes. I mean, most of that's just me trying to remember, right? What, what was it? Just repeating the same sentence. I, um... How do you wrap this up? You know what happened? That, uh, what was that guy's name? Brad? 
something. It's like the the Astros executive GM or something like that. Uh, Astros are in the World Series, and uh, when they won the pennant, the executive GM was like partying with the team and everything. And I think it was at, at the clubhouse or something. And he pointed to like a group of reporters or something that were all women. And was like, "I'm glad we got Ozuna. I'm glad we got him. Fuck you or something like that." And Ozuna is the reliever that they got last year. Who like right? I think while he was still suspended for domestic abuse for like hitting his girlfriend or something. So it was a wild story, and the Astros. The ladies came out <coughs> and said, you know, this guy said this, uh, and it was, like, corroborated by a lot of people. And then um, the Astros came out and said, like, hey, you know, I don't think he actually said this, and blah, 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 and kind of stood by their man. Well, the media blew up. Public blew up. I guess some of the public blew up, but they made a big controversy, a big thing out of it that, like, the Astros weren't dealing with this the right way. And then, like, four days later, they fired him because they were like, okay, yeah, you're right stupid public we'll we'll do whatever you want to do <laughs> so um he's gone and i think i was i was trying to put myself in the position of like what was going on in this executive's head when he was saying that to those women like how inebriated was he like how how mad was he when he said it? Was he saying it jokingly, or was it, or was it in this like very firm, angry way? Like all these are important things when you hear a story to think about. And I was thinking, and I was like, what like what would it require? First, you got to know a few things. One, you have to know is Ozuna guilty of something. And if you have it on good authority that he is, yeah, you can you could probably move past it maybe. But you, then you look at how what was the actual claim? So I knew this guy. I had a friend that had this is a long ways, but like I had a friend that knew I had a friend that had a friend that knew um the knuckleballer from the Red Sox from the last few years. He was hurt and then he got suspended. He, I think he got suspended the last, the last year. Like it's called, is it Stephen Wright? That's not right, is it? <laughs> like, like the comedian? I think it might be. <laughs> he just does one-liners on the mound. Uh, just like a crowd, he can throw him a curveball. Oh no, that's a hack joke. Okay, um, is that a hack joke? I don't think it's a hack joke. It's a silly joke. What am I talking about? I'm so original. I, <laughs> what was I going? Oh, Stephen Wright. I, I'm, that's what I'm going with, the, the pitcher. That's what I'm calling him. He uh, got in trouble before all of that. He got in trouble for a domestic thing. And it came back to me from my friend of a friend or whatever. That was, I, I have it a good, that seems like good authority. Maybe it's not, but it seems like it to me. Uh, said that like, what it, it never, like I think it was a, she was jumping on him or something and he pushed her off. It was something like that. It was like a defensive thing. It was like there was no hitting, there was no slapping, there was no nails or punching or like getting a hammer. It was none of that. Um, it was just like one little push and that's what he got tagged for for domestic abuse. 
So you have to take that into account. Okay, Ozuna, what did he do? Do we know what he did? Like how bad it was? I'm going to look that up. Because I think that actually does matter. I know nobody wants to say that, but... Or, like, th- nobody wants to even investigate it. Like, wh- what what really happened? On, like, the actual police report. I'm not saying, like, yeah, what do you think happened? Or some, some like, well, he said, he said, she said. Is it Roberta? Was it? Is that, that's not right. It is right. Okay. They also didn't come very come down on Ozuna that hard because he made such a big deal in the last couple of years of having extreme anxiety. Remember when he left the league for a while to go deal with like his anxiety and panic attacks? Poor guy. See, even I'm doing it. Um, professional, personal life. On May. Okay. On May 8, 2018, Azuna was arrested by Toronto police and charged with assault. He allegedly assaulted Alejandra Romancata. Uh, AOC would be so proud of me of how I pronounce that stuff. Uh, the mother of his three-year-old son, Romancata, was visiting Toronto with their child. She returned to Mexico shortly afterward and refused to return to Toronto. And then due to Roman Cote. Kota's refusal to testify, the prosecution withdrew the charge against Ozuna in exchange for a peace bond, mandating that, mandating that for one year he not have contact with the alleged victim. So nothing was, like, it didn't even go anywhere. Like, she just said that, and then they put him out, and then he was fine. I actually thought, okay, on, then yeah, on June 22nd, he received the 75-game suspension without pay for violating the league's domestic violence policy, retroactive to May 8th. Like, it doesn't even, there's nothing there, like, for them, why would they even suspend him? Like, there's no, there's no proof if she said something, and then she left to Mexico and didn't say anything. Now, everybody goes, like, well, is he, did he just pay her off? I don't know, but, like, in the, in the, the law here, to me, I'm like, why did he get, even get a suspension? Right? Let me see if I can find anything else on it. Now I'm interested. This is a weird podcast, I know. And they're all going to be weird. Um, assault charge. Um, Astro reliever Roberto Zuno won't be tried for domestic violence arrest as part of deal with prosecute. Well, okay. Da, 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 da. It doesn't say. It doesn't say anything about what. Okay. Da, da, da. Doesn't say. I okay. So there's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. So he shouldn't have been suspended. So that's what this executive's thinking in his head, right? I know what happened, and nothing happened. I still have to appear like I'm, eh, I'm bummed. Oh, we got such a discount on this guy because he was, you know, he was bad news. I'm a genius executive GM for this move. I got an all-star closer on the cheap because someone said that he assaulted her, but there's no proof of that. Okay, I'm cool. I'll take that bargain. I'll take that bet. I'll do that. So he does that, right? It's a great move. It's a fantastic move. And 
next year, you know, there's a few more PED charges. There's a few more assault charges. You know, that happens. It's major league sports. What do you expect? These guys are animals. <laughs> they can't control themselves, man. They're athletes. They're fucking idiots. <laughs> so, so he's got that. And then a year goes by, some stuff goes on, B- B- the PEDs. You know, the, 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 it, the league moves on. Other things happen, you know. Tyler Skagg dies of fentanyl. <laughs> That's not huge news, but that wasn't. You know what's funny is that really wasn't as big of a story as this Robert, or this, uh, this as exec getting fired for saying a couple things. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, among baseball fans... Skag's death was definitely like well circulated, but I bet you more people heard about this, and not just because it happened around the playoffs. It's just that this news is way hotter than a than a young white drug addict that's famous. <laughs> Look, Skag's had a lot of things going for him, but he really screwed it up, and no one cares because it's just another white dude. But. uh you know, saying you got Ozuna to some reporters. So anyway, back to where I was going. <laughs> you got um you got him. You got him. Fuck. That skag stuff kinda actually worked on me. Whew. Um Yeah, so you go back to Ozuna to go back to this e- executive, right? And you go, okay, so I don't, I made a really good move. I did this all for the the company. I'm a company man. I did this. It worked. Uh, He didn't really do anything. So he has all that. And then he gets a little, you know, they just, they're going to the World Series. So he has a few pops of champagne. Maybe he has a, you know, an ibuprofen. Or maybe, maybe, maybe even a Vicodin, you know, maybe Valium. I don't know. Something. A little relaxant. You know, he works a stressful job. It's like one of the hardest jobs to manage a team, keep your team happy, keep your team, uh, you know, together in a good clubhouse and look good to the community, do a lot of good for the community of Houston. Um, When all that flooding happened, man, they had to do a lot of work then, a lot of overtime uh, to keep up the image. Then you got to have a fan base that's happy with you. You know, you have to do all the right moves. Uh, You do that. So it's like you deserve you deserve a, a night off. And guess what you did? You provided. And Ozuna, in large part, helped provide your chance and your path to a, a World Series. So then <laughs> so then you got <laughs> So then yeah, he has all that in his system. He's partying with the boys, Altuve's giving him high five. Correa's like, man, I'm worth it even though my back's fucked all the time. You know, Michael Brantley's like, I stayed healthy. It's a miracle. Garrett Cole's like, I'm the coal train. You know, Verlander's over there like, hey, I'm going to go home to Kate. And not jerk off or whatever he does. He has like, he has like some weird sex, rich, sex ritual like between starts. What a weird guy. He's not aging well. They got him. Uh, Urquidy's like, I am here too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like, go get the tacos, Urquidy. I didn't know he was Mexican until tonight. Uh, he was. He actually is. He's a 24-year-old Mexican. Um <laughs> sounds so bad. Doesn't it sound bad? If I say like he's a 24-year-old uh, Dominican guy, you're like, yeah, that's fine. 24-year-old Mexican sounds bad for some reason. Okay, I don't know why. Anyway, I'm so sidetracked now. So, um, you know, he's slapping high fives. You know, everybody's giving him the thumbs up. Like, man, you're the best. 
<laughs> that Vicodin kicks in with that champagne, and he looks and he sees three, three women there, four, whatever, all reporters. You know, probably for BuzzFeed and Vox, and you know all the big, <laughs> the big journalists, all the big journalists. <laughs> you know, all those. Um. So she, <laughs> she um. Uh, they look at him, and he looks at them, and he's like, every goddamn day. These bitches are here. He's thinking it, you know. It feels good, man. It feels good to just think it, even. And he's like, these girls just like every day. Why did you get Ozuna, man? Why did you get Ozuna? You know, he's he beat his wife or his baby mama or the prostitute. I don't know. I don't know what he did because it doesn't say. Because she never testified. She never said anything. She, there's no proof. <laughs> But but still, we're gonna somehow hold you accountable to something that somebody else did, and that you ha- you got. You know how much revenue Ozuna's brought in just in you know, t-shirt sales. He's helping your city. <laughs> he's a net positive. Okay, he hit somebody every once in a while. You know how much revenue he's bringing in. <laughs> That's how capitalism works. <laughs> so. So he's every day he's just like fuck these fuck them. I got no good answers. I can't I don't know what to do. Like yeah, he's on the team and I love it, but I have to pretend that like oh yeah, we're you know, we're getting him counseling. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. No one gives a shit. I don't care. He's winning games. You know one thing, and I'll get back to the story. One thing I've noticed is that uh you should definitely juice if you're a major league baseball player and have and get away with it for a while. You know. Just long enough that when you retire, you instantly get put on the panel on one of the on one of the MLB networks. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. David Ortiz is there, and he's like, "Hey, I just got shot, but I'm still here." <laughs> I can't do a good Ortiz. And, uh, and then A Rod's there, like, "I didn't learn how to say words." <laughs> that guy sounds like he's eating marbles when he talks. I don't know what accent that is, but it's not human. He's clearly on PEDs and a sideboard. So all the anytime any PED guy, any guy that has a great year, I mean, as soon as Ryan Braun retires, they're like, ooh, a Jew and set some records. <laughs> Get him on panel. Brains and Braun. That's what they call the show. Holy shit, I'm a genius. Anyway, you cut back to this X. This this uh, I'm losing it and I'm like, I think this is good. Um, you start to get back this 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 executive GM and he's there and he's like fuck these girls this sucks I'm I'm killing it I'm killing the game and he's like they're not there's no pen and pads they don't have the cameras set up they don't have nothing they're just here celebrating with us they're just here they weren't asking him questions I guarantee it he was just dancing because he had one volume and three glasses of champagne and then he saw him. He locked in, and he took his moment to say what he been wanting to say for at least a year, a little over a year. Then bottled up inside him, man. And he just, he just, he's like, "There's no camera. This is off the fucking record, and nobody's gonna care anyway because we're having such a great time." And and he said it, and he's like, "I'm glad we got Ozuna. I'm glad we got Ozuna." 
And then these stone cold killers, these three little girls that did do a little journalism in high school, are now ruining people's lives. Because they didn't drink any champagne. They came in to find something. That's what they came in for. Not to party, not to celebrate. They don't care about the Astros. They don't care about the team. They don't care about the joy it brings to millions of fans. They don't care about that. All they care about is finding something to ruin someone. And they found it. They were so happy. And they left, and they were so happy. And he left, and he was so happy. And then he woke up the next day, and his life was over. And yeah, he'll go on to be on some finance team or something like that. He'll, he'll be fine. And we'll all get over it real quick, too, because, you know, he'll be fine. He's a rich white guy. He'll be fine. You know, he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked his way up to the top to get to where he was. I think there's, I did read a little bit about it. He was kind of a, not a rags to riches necessarily, but like definitely took his time to climb, you know, worked hard to get up to this level, 10 years, 15 years, something like that. Because he wanted to, uh, he, he was actually looking to actually be a GM, um, like a full, the full, the big, the big kahuna. Um, and then, you know, these reporters said he said that, <laughs> that he was glad to get Ozuna and made and pointed at him. And now he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. All right. <laughs> I think that's the first podcast.